Let's pray together. This kingdom, O oh God, it makes no sense by our standards. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, come and open our blind eyes. Allow us to see that which is deeply and eternally true. Reveal to us in the one who calls us to be disciples, even Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. <coughs> I'm always struck when what seems to me to be a strange and impossible idea that would defy all conventional wisdom turns out, in fact, to be true. Back in 1980, um, an aging actor ran for president of the United States, and I thought, no way, no way. But you know what? Way. Years later, um, a writer for Saturday Night Live, Al Franken, kind of snarky, sarcastic guy, ran for Senate. And I thought, no way. Way. Fifteen years ago, if you would have invited me to invest in these, this new phenomena called coffee shops, where people pay $4, $5 for a cup of coffee and sit around, not really to visit, but just to do their work, as they sit. I just said, there's no way. And yet, way. I wonder if back in 1869, when the college students from Rutgers and Princeton got together to play this new game called football, they had any idea, if you'd have said to them, someday this is going to be a $10 billion industry with aspirations of being a $25 billion industry, and that we would organize a whole weekend, this weekend, every year around a Super Bowl, what they would have said. No way. And yet, way. Ideas that defy conventional wisdom what we know to be true, sometimes surprise us. Jesus' message, I wonder, could it fall in this same category? It defies conventional wisdom. We just sang it. It's church. We sing impossible things here. But really? Really? Blessed are the poor in spirit? Blessed are those who mourn. I mean, do you think that's true? Blessed are the meek. Blessed who are hungry for what's right. Blessed are the merciful. Well, that may, we know that's not true. Anyone can see that. No wonder the apostle, when writing to the Corinthians, in the passage Emily read for us, says the message of the cross is foolishness. Foolishness to those whose ears and eyes aren't tuned to this message. And yet, here we are, gathered together. I think we're here because there's something about the gospel that intrigues us. It invites us to think more deeply. For what if his way, what if this message that Jesus came to deliver... What if it's really true? What if it's not just church true? 
but true. What if beneath the ways that you and I were told the world is constructed? Here it is, Kesara Sarats, the way it is, the way the world's constructed, the way we judge, the way we rationalize the world. What if the primal connection that includes and welcomes and blesses everyone is more true? What if this mysterious, miraculous connection that that I think Jesus Christ came into the world to deliver, to say to us, you are one. Father, he prayed, let them be one as you and I are one. If we could see through that lens, if we could look at life, at the world, at the message of Jesus in this way that is intriguing and inviting and inclusive, how would it shape who we are and how we live and the world around us? What if, what if beneath all of those connections, at the core of that connection is what we mean when we say the word God? This is, I think, the, the good news that Jesus came into the world to deliver. It's what the banner behind me indicates, calling disciples. Not just people who think they're right and more self-righteous than others, but followers of this way he came into the world to deliver, which is far more than just protection from hell when you die or a way to separate good people from bad people, sheep from goats, in people from out people. What if the good news is really about this way. Jesus said, I am the way. What if the gospel is about this journey that continually reveals for those who have the eyes to see more of the beauty, more of the connection, more of this sacred wonder of life that's bigger and more profound and more liberating than you and I perhaps have ever dreamed? Doesn't that feel big? Doesn't that feel healing and hopeful? Doesn't that feel transforming? Doesn't that feel adequate for what we understand as the mystery and wonder of God? It's far less provincial. It's far less exclusive. It is wildly inclusive because that's the heart of God. Maybe that's what the Buddhists mean when they talk about not knowing What they mean is we don't know in the conventional way, in the logical, rational way. But rather we see as Jesus saw, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. This is how I think we see and celebrate this sacred truth that Jesus Christ came in the world to deliver for you and me. Abraham Joshua Heschel, the renowned Jewish rabbi, said our goal in life is to live this life with what he called radical amazement. To wake up every morning 
and look at the world in a way that takes nothing for granted, that everything is phenomenal. He says to be spiritual is to be amazed. What might it mean if the gospel was set free to be this kind of liberating truth in the world? I think it's not just a pity. I think it's a crime against God when we allow faith, the dynamism of this work, to be replaced by a creed or a doctrine. To allow the wonder of this life to be replaced by disciplines, do's and don'ts. To let love be replaced just by ritual and habits. To let the crisis of today be ignored because of the glory of the good old days. To let faith become just an heirloom, a relic, instead of this living fountain that continually nourishes and heals and blesses. It's a crime when religion speaks only in the name of authority instead of the name of compassion. Stanley Hauerwas said that we've taken the greatest, most transforming story that's ever been told and have somehow managed to make it as boring as hell. (laughs) And I think he's got a point. And I wonder which is worse, to make it boring or to make it destructive or to make it insipid Or to make it oppressive. Jesus Christ came to call disciples. To awaken us to this new way. Why would we reduce that? To a set of rules and regulations. There is desperately. Another picture of God. That you and I are being called as disciples to take out into the world. Tom Long, who's a preacher type, um, found himself one day in the emergency room with his wife. His wife had a medical emergency, and he was there tending to his wife, helping her in her moment of need. And they found themselves in one of those little sections, the little, little cubicle that you put in where you're right next to the family next to you, a little curtain in between. And so he couldn't help but overhear the voice on the other side of the curtain, as a woman cried out, why is God doing this? Why does God hate us so? And long wondered to himself, who's going to tell her that's not God? Who's going to paint for her a different picture of what God is about? Who's going to invite her to explore a different understanding of God. To be an intriguing, inviting, inclusive community of faith is for us to gather here as we are right now. To have our eyes retuned, our ears retuned, and then to go from this place. And be intriguing to arouse some curiosity and interest in a different picture of God. In a world with no pictures or with distorted pictures. In a world that says God likes only some people. In a world that says God's more interested in rules than in relationship. In a world that suggests that God's up there indifferent to the brokenness of this world. We're being called 
to paint a different picture, to invite people, not just the church, but to God, to a different, liberating, loving picture of this great new world. We have some newer members of our church who told me about a custom they have of going to eat Indian food with some friends of theirs. They, they go out once a month. It's a nice social kind of gathering. It so happens that the other couple um, are avowed atheists. This couple, Christian couple, uh, speaks their faith, but you know it, they're very respectful of the folks and their difference. But the other folks noticed on Facebook that this couple had joined Highland. And so they asked, well, why, what, what's that about? And so they, they told. They told them how weird you people are. And they, they talked about the picture of God that we try to paint together. They, they talked about the inclusion of all of God's people. And the couple said, you know, we're probably not going to go to church. But if we went to church, that's the church we'd go to. An intriguing, inviting, inclusive community of faith that I think and you think reveal in a unique way the very heart of God. If you've got children, the age of my younger children, you've seen the Walt Disney version of the movie Aladdin, oh, a thousand times probably. It's a great it's a great film. It's based on a medieval tale. You know, the, the poor little boy, Aladdin, who finds the oil lamp and rubs it, and a genie comes out. He's got a magic carpet that he gets to ride around on. He falls in love with the princess named Jasmine, who finds herself, despite all of her wealth and the power of her family, she finds herself secluded, sort of locked in her, her uh, riches in the castle. She's never really seen the world. She's never taken a risk. And along comes Aladdin, who comes to her at night as she's standing on the balcony. He's standing on the magic carpet. She says, how are you doing that? And Aladdin, recognizing that she's never been out, says, come on, go with me. He extends his hand to her and says, do you trust me? And Jasmine looks out into the thin air and takes a step off of the security of the balcony and onto the carpet. And they begin to fly. And if you know the movie at all, you know that the song begins to sing, I can show you the world, take you wonder by wonder, a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. To me, that's the invitation of the gospel. Jesus Christ, the one who said, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemen. He stands and says, come on. Do you trust me? We're seeking to be an inclusive, inviting, intriguing community of faith that builds our lives on the love of God 
revealed in Jesus Christ. God, be with us on our journey. Amen. In the left panel of our service of worship, the far left panel, we see the lyric and melody to the chorus that we've used during our Building Love renovation. Now we're using it in our Building Love Together conversation. Let's stand together as we sing these words. Jesus Christ to invite every one of us to this table of love. It is for us a sign of what Jesus Christ has come into this world to do. Show the power of redemptive love by giving his body and blood. Believing as we do that Christ rose again and is here among us. We are all now invited to this table to be the people of God. Let's now prepare to come to this table. As we turn to stranger and friend, family around us, and use these words, may the peace of Christ be with you, also with you.